This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravishing flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Welcome to the September 9th edition of One Nation Radio. This is your host, Rich, and of course, I'm here with my boy, James. James, what's going on, man? Not too much as basking in the glory of this first NFL Sunday. Um, yes, I still watch NFL football. Uh, I Do I need to go ahead and make a stand and say that I completely support everything that Kaepernick and them are doing? However, I'm still going to watch this football. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, that, that's okay. You know, they like, be like, you got to take a stand. No, I'm not. No, I'm taking a stand. Like, I'm, I'm cool. I'm going I'm, to great with what they're doing however i'm still watching this football <laughs> <laughs> so i i have not been watching this football you know me i'm not really uh here for it anymore but i will uh you know follow along with the exploits of sorry quarterbacks on twitter um and, and i always got plenty of those jokes so uh who's been the sorriest thus far james uh i mean it could be it could either be bills there is only uh, one answer well, hold on, hold on. It either be Bills quarterback Nathan Peterman or it could be Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, bro, Garoppolo threw three picks. One was a pick six, and I still think he played better than both of them dudes tonight, uh, today. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so we got a lot on deck today um, to talk about. We got, uh, you know, our NXT TV reviews. We're talking about the May Young Classic. What the hell are they doing, Kevin Owens? Uh, WWE dropped a list of The Undertaker's five greatest rivals, so we'll go through there. Uh, we're talking about the uh, May Young, or excuse me, the Mixed Match Challenge 2, which they brought back for uh, some reason. Hint, Facebook cut the check for it. Um, and we got, we got plenty more uh, to get into as well. Uh, but make sure you guys are rating us on your platform of choice. We're an independent podcast network. The only way we're going to reach more people is with your help by sharing the show and rating it high. Uh, and make sure you check out all the other great shows on the network, including Outsider's Edge with Ransom Carl, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast, Keeping It Strong Style, and Grown Men Watch This Shit. Uh, we also have our other show on uh, LOP Radio, which is doing spectacular uh, numbers. Uh, we're basically doing TV reviews for uh, Raw and SmackDown in you know our own comedic kind of way. So if you like what we do on the NXT reviews here, we do it for Raw and SmackDown, which they give us a lot more material to work with. But NXT is not without its flaws. So... <laughs> Uh, we got we got plenty to get into, so we will be hitting you with that when we return. 
All right, man. First thing we got on deck today was our NXT show review, and I believe this was from the fifth. Uh, the main event on this show was Johnny Gargano versus the Velveteen Dream. But before we get to that, we're gonna go in order. Uh, Cassius Ono was out first. Uh, you know, he was uh, he had his black and yellow knockout artist gear on. Uh, this guy, in the in the words of uh, Jason Sensation, he looked like a damn road sign. Um, Kona Reeves came out and you know he he appeared you know and he looked like the king of corny and the definition of doing too much it's it's too much bro like it, like I don't know what it is James like when I see people's gimmicks and then their theme song matches them too much it's just like you know he's the finest Kona Reeves and then uh, the the as soon as the music starts it's the finest it's the finest it, it's just too much like like come on man um, yes yeah, it's, it's flat out like. It's flat out campy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this was a short match. Uh, ono basically started with the unofficial rest hold of NXT, the cravat, and <laughs> <laughs> um, Reeves did his finest pose, and then basically Ono hit him with one of the finest right hands you'll ever see, uh, according to Moro Ronaldo. And the second after that, for some reason, Percy was saying Reeves was dominating this match. I don't know what he was watching. Uh, and then he got <laughs> dropped with an elbow uh, that hit harder than Tupac's hit him up, according to Moro Ronaldo. So, yeah, that made me laugh. Yeah, man, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what uh what your boy Quincy was seeing because that's clearly not the story you he was being told. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you know, he thought he was seeing that. You know, um, yeah. like the great road dog says. Um, so uh, Ono got a promo after, and you know, he said, you know, when he came back to NXT, there was so much buzz until there wasn't. He became an afterthought, and now he gets it. There's always going to be someone fresh and new, and you know, we've talked about NXT having that luxury here before. Um, he said, whoever the next guy is with Buzz, Ono said he isn't going anywhere and he's going to be right here and he's going to be the first one to welcome you. This whole promo seemed coded for Riddle or maybe to a lesser yep. extent, Keith Lee. Um, I like that he didn't shoot on the fans because that's just so lazy and what they're doing right now. And never forget, they took this guy off uh, the indies to cool him down on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... It means yeah, I thought I thought it was a, I thought it was not much there for a match. Like Kona is Kona, I guess at this point. Like I've seen him wrestle three times. Like, uh, like uh, I ain't seen nothing to let me know. I haven't seen anything that indicate there's something there more than what I've seen. Um, he's just he's just, he's an okay wrestler, and he's probably young and green as hell. He's still there learning or whatever else, and he's tall, so of course he gets a shot. Um, like, but like Hawaiian Ric Flair ain't really gonna ever do it for me. Yeah, I don't know. He, like, he got to switch especially. Out. Especially tall Hawaiian Ric Flair, like he's tall. He's out here taller. He's like taller, taller than the guys he's out here getting beat by. It's weird. Um, yeah, and also like the, the fake necklaces. Like, come on, man, yeah, bro. stop this. He's, he's yeah, yeah. It looked like that man went to a costume store and went crazy. So yeah, um, that costume jewelry, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> so they advertise uh, Johnny Gargano and Velveteen Dream. Uh, talking about you know their bill from last week. Uh, the Forgotten Sons have uh, graduated from the Largo Loop. They are now here. Um, these guys look like they were ready to fix the hell out of my car. Um, the Street Profits came out, and I wonder how much of the crowd recognized that these guys are cooking dope in their entrance. <laughs> because you know uh, if you looked at it, folks of all ages were in the crowd participating. Um, well, I, th- I think you know. I think the NBA. I think the NBA and people like James Harden have helped uh, 
uh, have helped people like not even realize like make that connection. They don't realize that they're that it's, that's a dance meaning that they're cooking coke in a in pirate's <laughs> pot or whatever else. But like that's that's not you know what I'm saying. Like that's that's like we're kind of beyond that. But yeah, I. Do you give a flying fuck about about the street profits having this magical cup that they have to chase after when some people try to steal it? No, I won't, like what? No, I don't know what the hell that was. Um, this this man Montez Ford, this man had an MJ glove on. Um. <laughs> well, he, well hold on. to be fair, he's had the MJ glove on for a while. Okay, oh, this this is the first time I noticed. This is the first time I noticed this. I've noticed it for a long time. That's why I have such issues with Montez Ford. Like, yeah, what? Well, I don't. I don't know. I'm supposed to feel watching him wrestle like. I don't know, like, is, is this like, like, is this? I, I don't know. It, it's, it, he's doing a whole lot of. He's doing a whole lot of stuff. Like, I see some athleticism and talent there. However, that like, I also see all this athlete. dancing. I also see all this dancing. I also see all of this like, just ridiculous, like stereotypical stuff. Like, I, I, I don't know, bro. I don't know how supposed to feel about that. Mont- I really don't. Montez Ford is a complete cartoon character, um, an excellent yes. athlete. Uh, and he has like you know he did a great tope during the match. I thought um, Dawkins he's clearly like the Rick Steiner of this team, but he impressed me as well because uh, <laughs> he's he's been in NXT forever. And you know you know Montez Ford was wrestling in the big gold chain, and I didn't that's that's what I didn't know how to feel about that. And eventually got it knocked off. It's a basic tag match. Profits got the shine early until they got cut off by a huge clothesline from Wesley Blake. I remember um, one time when Wesley Blake, uh, after they had broke broke up Blake and Murphy, he was doing something where he had these tassels, and he was like a solo wrestler at NXT, and I had named that man the regular warrior, Wesley, Br- Wesley <laughs> Blake, <laughs> and that shit took off on Twitter. <laughs> um, after that, uh, the Forgotten Sons, uh, you know, for those guys... They have that they're doomed on the main roster feel like uh, the Vaude Villains did back back in the day. Uh, long heat segment on Ford. Uh, hot tag for Dawkins. He ran wild. That was the best I've ever seen him look. And all of a sudden, the mass goons ran in to steal uh, the cup or whatever. And then uh, they were able to pull the mask off one of these dudes. And it was Shane Thorne from the Mighty. Looked like an absolute geek. Uh, from there, uh, Ford got cut off outside the ring by the former gunner of TNA. I forgot what they named him. It's like Jackson some, Riker or something. Uh, for- it's Jackson Riker. Okay. It's, and it's Jackson with the X. Yeah. Uh, after that, double team finish, which was really cool, uh, I thought, from the Forgotten Sons. Reverse DDT with the foot on the chest off the top rope. Uh, and Ford uh, got actually pinned here, and Cutler was like busted open. Uh, I like the finish, like I said, but these guys are doomed. Like, the Forgotten Sons will soon be forgotten. Yeah. Hey, man. So, like, what? Is this what, like, the, the 20th, the 25th? Or the 105th, like, variation of a biker gang gimmick. Bro, I actually wrote something down about that. But I wrote it down during um, the War Raiders promo. It just feels like an, a, a Viking slash apocalypse team. Like, I don't, they like, they all kind of run together for me. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think of them as the same. Like, I think more of anybody being more the same as, uh, Sanity well, and the white and the blue it's like, brothers. It's like yeah, yeah. It's like sanity. Like it's sanity. It's DOA from from Attitude Era. It's like okay, we get it. You like you like wearing leather and you probably like riding the bicycle. I mean, you like riding. The, I'm not a bicycle, but you like riding the bike between your legs. Great, cool. Like I, I, and being I, on the open road and not being around any any people of color. Cool, <laughs> awesome, <laughs> fantastic. Bro, like, it, it, I don't know, bro. Like like for me, like that that kind of makes me appreciate like the street profits more. 
because it's like it's a counterbalance you know and you know it's not like it's the mighty don't kneel where they're just like these generic guys they at least kind of have something to them uh more than that they're wrestlers but you know it is yeah. it is what it is um <clears throat> oh, so quick question bro so so you saw how the tree Profits came out in all white right white and gold right yes so like does Montez Ford owe Angelo Dawkins an apology for having him out there in that in that in that top that white top looking bad? That that white top did look terrible, like, and I don't know if it's a situation where um, you know he doesn't quite have a physique to go shirtless on it yet, or but that top looked terrible. Yeah, the white the white ain't do him no favors. Like he should have went been like, nah, you can wear white, I wear, but I'll stick in the black. Like this is, yeah, it was a bad look for him. But yeah, I, I mean. I don't know, like, are the Mighty in... Do you think there's any chance... What do you think is next for this feud in, in general, or this angle? Like, with, with them still in the cup of, you know, the, li- the unspecified liquid, uh, which, I, we're supposed to, which we're supposed to assume is lean, of course. <laughs> now, we don't, want, we don't read the spoilers here for this, so I would assume that they're going to put the Street Profits in the mask, and they're going to have them run up on the Mighty during the match, but the Street Profits will get to reveal themselves. So that's my prediction. But... The second that they come out with the mask, everyone's gonna know it's them. Look, man, I, I don't ask me to make this shit make sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So from there, Heavy Machinery was in the back, and Otis Dozovich confesses to breaking the toilet at the PC. And he talked about catching the shits, essentially. Uh, yes, toilet yes. humor. Uh, Regal yes. said that they supplied some helpful footage, so uh, more snitches out here in NXT. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> And they said they saw Chompa right in the bushes with plies. And <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know, it was just more you know Regal being a cop and everything else, and <laughs> you know, this thing sucks. Like this who done it shit. This is awful, bro. I'm okay. It's with funny. It it's funny though, but it's awful. Yeah, I'm okay with it giving people some screen time, but like it, it is just like how long can they keep this thing going? Like. Can, like, there's, please tell me, like, somebody's coming over to Cobra by the time we get, like, through the next, like, the very first episode of the next set of tapings, or by the end of, the, like, this set of tapings that we have, or this batch of tapings. It's like, we they can't something. continue to have just, like, going into, like, November. They just can't. Yeah. Um, so from there, they, they cut to video of uh, last week with Ricochet and uh, Pete Dunn losing the match to Undisputed Era. They face off in the back, and I counted two homeboys for Ricochet this time on the homeboy meter. And they announced a champion versus champion match for two weeks, and now uh, Dunn versus Ricochet, this kind of, like, in theory, it would blow away 99% of the main roster. Why are these guys here? I don't understand um this match feels like it's destined to uh get ran in on though oh yeah it could be imagine it just be just like the uh that that um gargano and alistair black match from like the week or two or two weeks before uh takeover it's right. like oh okay like why does it feel like oh like they've gone like three minutes why does it feel like they're like just going through the motions all of a sudden chopper runs like oh that's why they knew it was a fuck finish yep. <laughs> they're not even gonna try they're yep. gonna pretend uh, so from there we got the war raiders promo as i said another viking apocalypse tag team i don't you know i'm just like whatever uh after that Kyrie same okay. but at least the road at least the at least the raiders like actually like look like actual vikings as opposed to like you know 
like sanity i mean sanity they're more like just crazy like post-apocalyptic than vikings i actually think like there's a slight distinction but like it's really just big it's really just guys hairy guys with beards at Mm. the same time so i I get you yeah so Kyrie Sane came out and I like absolutely loved this. She revealed the belt in the, in the treasure chest. This was the best belt reveal in ages. This is how her entrance <laughs> should be until she's not the champion anymore. She should be bringing the belt yes. out in that thing every single time. Yes, it would be very similar to when uh, Finn Battle was champion and he used to put the title out like on the on the entrance ramp when he used to do the demon character and he would come up and grab it. Same thing. Like I got the treasure chest on the pedestal and I pull it out of out of the out of the uh out of the treasure uh box or whatever and amongst the balloons out there. Yes. And then she started then she went out there full full O'Connor style, th- 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 shared the wealth with the redistributing the wealth out yes. there, throwing the crowd gold. <laughs> And the belt was shining when she pulled it out the box. Like I, I the belt has never looked better. Uh, so we had Kyrie Sane versus uh, a woman named Trisha Dora. Uh, she was trained by the Dudley Boys. Uh, she came out raising the fist and was immediately booed. Um, that, <laughs> that, that looked too that looked too much like a protest. I'm guessing for some folks. I was trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out like, is she doing pan, a pan African gimmick or is she actually African or is she like? Because there's because there's some uh, yellow there. Like, is she actually just really Jamaican, and I'm just missing? Like, I couldn't pick up. I couldn't put a cut what she was putting down specifically. Yeah. But other than like, oh, it's part of the diaspora. That's the only thing I can yep. pick up. So the the Dudleys are what I'm noticing. They getting all the sisters out here. Like they got um uh the two girls from May on class. They got MJ Jenkins and Lacey Lane, Trisha Dora here. Uh, I feel like there's more that are uh, gonna be popping up as well. So that's always good to see. Um. So this was a Kyrie Sane showcase. She rocked her with a huge back fist, several impressive moves, including the sliding D uh, and the elbow uh, put her away. So it's like Hiromu Takahashi, how he has that finisher called D. Uh, uh, Kyrie Sane also has the sliding D. Now from there, uh, Shayna came out and she was ruining Kyrie's celebration when Kyrie was in the ring getting down, doing her her pirate moves and, and all that. And you know, I love her her non rhythmic uh, self. You know, doing doing the pirate dances is so funny and it's just so happy and and just unbelievably, Shayna just like threw the treasure chest. Ultimate disrespect. Uh, and yeah. she, she came out and told her, "Enjoy your pirate fantasy while you can, because a rematch is coming." But I essentially want to fight right now. So Shayna got in the ring and she outstruck Kyrie and then took the jacket off like she's about to finish her. All of a sudden, Kyrie Sane served her the look, as they say, and you know which one I'm talking about. And went to work whooping that ass like center <laughs> uh, packing. Kyrie, Kyrie Sane, yes or no? She is one of the best baby faces in this company without with barely speaking the language. Absolutely, she was one of the best. She was one of the best baby faces. She was one of the best baby faces by the by like the first like like remember when they were releasing the May Young Classic, the first the very first one from last year, and they did four episodes apiece. Yeah. By the time we got through like the first four episodes, she was already one of the best baby faces in W and all of the company. Which means she's she's uh she's doomed, right? <sighs> yeah, she's doomed. You can fuck up Oscar, you can de- like. If you can fuck up Bailey, you can fuck up Oscar. You you will definitely fuck up Kyrie Sane because like like you'd be like, what? She's a she's a pirate. The fuck? <laughs> she's a she's a yachting enthusiast. What can I do with that? And she doesn't speak English. Yeah, what kind of? And shit she's is small. This? Oh my gosh, I can't. Yeah, she's gonna be dead. Like she she won't even get like the six months that Oscar got to like start off kind of slow and then he up. 
Like she's gonna be dead DOA. Damn. Probably. Yeah. Um uh, so no no Bianca Belair this week. Hope she's on next week. I, I miss Bianca Belair already. Um somewhere so like, you know, Tommaso Ciampa was in the building or somewhere else. Hold on. I just want hold on. I wanna make note about you mentioned about the uh about how uh Shanna pushed over the uh, the pirate chest. I love these NXT crowds so much because they they are so into the stuff that's going on on the show because they're giving a good pro- they're giving good quality product and they're and them putting their uh, their enthusiasm behind stuff actually gets rewarded. When she pushed over that treasure tre- chest, that crowd was so pissed. Yes. I loved it. They were like, "Mother, like, no! Why would you do that? Why would you? Why would you ruin this for us?" Like, it was so great. So Chopper was back with another one of his propaganda videos. So he set up his cell phone. I, I assume this man has a has a, tri- a tripod. He puts his iPhone on there. He gets himself in place, and you know he he takes a couple pre takes to make sure he's in the right position and that he's not cut off. And then he submits his video to the WWE editing staff <laughs> or something. Uh, he said he hasn't been around because there's no number one contender. Alistair Black is gone. Johnny Gargano's gone. And he said he does this shit on his time because he's sick and tired of hearing uh, the fans' opinions. He doesn't want to be the voice of the voiceless. And he says to follow his lead. So that voice of voiceless shit, that made me roll my eyes. Yeah, I think. Oh, he also said I he's think, like the best sports entertainer uh, going. Yeah, yeah, I heard Alvarez. He got upset about that, and I was like, he's been saying that for months now. Yeah, what it was actually he, funny. I I watched. I randomly watched it, the uh, Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan uh, joint where where Shawn Michaels was making fun of Hogan and in the middle of that he was like, I am the very best sports entertainer or whatever. So it's like, wow. So they're doing this for, for like the heel heat now. But you know, Shawn Michaels was a heel then, kind of. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I, I see what Alvarez is saying. I think he's just like kind of jumping out the window a little bit too much on it. No, he's thinking. Of, he's thinking of it as like, no, these, this is John. This is him doing it because that's WWE verbiage, as opposed to no. I mean, yes, that is part of it because. But what he's, he's doing really doing heat. is he's saying. He's doing that because he knows that the NXT crowd does, doesn't give a flying fuck about a sports entertainer, right? Like. And, and also his opposition to Johnny wrestling. That's yeah. also part of it, too. Like, yeah, I don't think he took that account. I was, I was like, I don't understand why he, like, and he's been saying it for months, too. That'd be one thing if he just, like, brought it out of nowhere. Also, did you think that that was, that was um, something that was pre Oh, obviously, on pre-taped. Do you think that was something that, like, aired on this episode was supposed to air on this coming week's episode of NXT? Because Johnny was still actually there at that time when he said that. It was supposed to be something that it seemed like it more fit if it, if it went on this coming week's episode of NXT saying that, like, Johnny's gone because he just walked away at the end of the show. Yeah, you could say that. You could say that. Okay, yeah. Or, or they could have yeah, played it, like, to... after the match. Something, I don't know. Um, yeah. <clears throat> which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, that, that whole thing with him walking out. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> so, from there, uh, Lars Sullivan was in the back, uh, and he told uh, Regal that, you know, he... Or he said, yes, he should have told Regal when he was coming back and that he's medically cleared from the jaw. Uh, Regal said that he has motive and means, so why was he there? Sullivan said he was trying he was trying to run up on Aleister Black, and he heard Black scream in the distance, and when Sullivan got close, Black was already down. He said that he saw the Undisputed Era driving off, um, and he basically you know, saw Regal also out there. He basically also said, 
uh, that if it was him, you would know. So he's basically like, don't be questioning me, essentially. And also, yeah. Regal's assistant was there trying to ask him questions, and then Lars shot that man a look. Like, who the fuck is you to be asking me questions? And then dude bowed yes. his head in shame after that. Uh, then, Shook. Yeah. Shook off Shook. the realness. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know, if he had did it, he'd be out longer. Ask EC3 uh, what, what he got for dry snitching out here, essentially. Um so is the thing at NXT everybody just gonna tell on each on everybody and so everybody wants to fight? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> like so, I, I I mean, I don't know about you, but I almost feel like they know for sure like all this is coming down to is whether or not Gargano did it or whether or not Johnny did it, and they're still trying to determine whether or not they're actually gonna go ahead and make him a heel and if they make him a heel they're gonna have him basically like reform with Gargano or I'm sorry, reform with, with uh <clears throat> with dude, or are they just gonna be like you know, um, he's gonna be his own hill separate, and he just basically has lost his mind, and like nothing, and he's so detached from everything because he's lost his mind, and he's gonna have to, and like people, he's gonna fight every all the good guys because now he's gonna because now he's a heel. So I, I think that's what's tied to it. Like I don't like if if it was undisputed air. Like, do you think that's actually interesting if it was undisputed or anybody else besides like Gargano or dude? Nah, the reason I don't think it's the undisputed air because they already had the um, smoke with Alistair Black before. Like Adam that's Cole true. and uh, Alistair Black ran it back in January, so I don't think that's the case. Like that they, is true. They might debut somebody or some shit. I don't know. Like this, this whole thing's like a complete, like you know, guessing game at this point. So Regal announced Lars and uh, Raul Mendoza. Like Lars gives a fuck, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from he gonna whoop he gonna whoop ball Ryu ass. Oh, that's no, that's not uh, that's not uh, that guy. Raul Mendoza is the luchador. What? Yeah. So, okay. Guy, so you're thinking so of is Adrian. Adrian Jujude. That's right. That's right. Okay. So, um, is Raul Mendoza doing? out here trying to do that? Uh, that, that got basically squashed by, um, squashed by Catch Ono like four weeks ago or three weeks ago. I think so. Cause he's out here trying to do like that Brazilian, uh, that Brazilian joint. No, no, no. That's uh, not him. Brazilian. That's not him. No. No, the guy that I, I, yeah yeah the guy he okay. he was the guy Lars destroyed a couple couple weeks ago when he was supposed okay. to fight EC three and then he ran up on EC three gotcha. for snitching. So gotcha. the main gotcha. event was Velveteen Dream versus Johnny well, Gargano. Hold on, hold on. One question, one question about go back to the interrogation thing. And hey man, like, don't you think? Do you remember what uh what your boy Lars was wearing? Yeah, he had like a yellow shirt on and no sh- no pants. So yes, he 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 yeah. So, like, don't you think when you're about here getting inter- interrogated about someone about assaulting somebody, don't you think you would throw on some besides your wrestling draws? Uh, don't you think? Don't you? Rules no? different. Rules different out here, you know. So, look, you think Randy Orton will put pants on? I don't. <laughs> so, uh, main event, uh, Velvet Velveteen Dream well, Randy, was out. Well, that's what different. Randy Orton had trying to do all types. Of, look, Randy Orton asked you to shake his hand, and all type of stuff too. So, who knows? Like, you know, you can't really, you can't really be using him as as the the measure of, of you know of common uh, of common manners. You know. Yeah. So uh, he Velveteen Dream was out in the Johnny Failure shirt, which was excellent. And Gargano came out, and it felt like a big time main event. So, <clears throat> match was excellent. Um dudes you know big level it was it was intense they were both intense it seemed like dream had to kind of step up his game to you know get to the level that johnny works at and 
this was a good win for um, Velveteen Dream. So they, you know, did all their their spots. They did the top rope stuff. Hurricanrana, uh, slingshot spear, uh, Dream hit him hit him with the big DDT that he does. Big this a bunch of this is awesome chance and Gargano starts going into the, this storytelling mode essentially starts doing moves to the guy outside the ring trying to submit him saying you can't win like that and then you start seeing the Johnny Gargano face uh, where he's just, he's just like kind of bewildered with his own actions and the deal with the with the one kid in the front row uh, Gargano was out he was he looked like a hero when he came out uh, before the match to this one kid that was on the right. I don't know if that was a plan or what, but he I don't was, know. but it, you know, it, it, it was a whole thing. And then eventually Gargano got caught at the end when, you know, essentially his anger got the best of him again, James. And he, he lost yes. to the dream Valley yes. driver and Velveteen dream. Got to be in the next title shot, right? You would think so. Like he's on a win streak right now on big matches. Like he beat EC three he just beat the you know the, the before number one contender. He just beat the top guy or the top the top guy in the entire promotion at that time. Um, uh, let's see. Before then, I mean, yeah, he's been on a solid run. He's been on a solid little run ever since he lost to uh, Ricochet. So, so after, I would say so. Yeah. So after that, um, Johnny, this becomes the Johnny Hour uh, with full melodramatic Johnny Gargano in intact, in and they started the Johnny Failure Johnny Wrestling Dueling Chance. And then they did the long zoom out, essentially, and I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like it was just, it was just too much, bro. Like this, this is so damn dramatic. What did you think of this? Yeah, I mean, it's dramatic because it's like the third time they've done this. Is he leaving or is he out or is he out of here? Like this is the third time they've done it in like the last year <clears throat> or less than the last year, like the last like nine months. Yeah, bro. They, I don't know, bro. They, I don't know if Johnny just he specializes in. Uh, melodrama or what but it's just it's it's becoming way too much and I think it, it and this is why people are turning on him but this is the I think this is what they're going for I think so too but I <clears throat> like they clearly they clearly all that was set up and that was perfect storytelling the problem is this thing has gone over long and this is a promotion that does not that's not supposed to like sustain for this long like they're doing this long, long, uh, long form storytelling, but they don't have. <clears throat> how do I say this? But there's so much stuff going on, and there's so much, and there's so much of a limited time to do what you need to get accomplished in NXT that to dedicate all this stuff for whether or not, like, whether he is turning to the dark side or not, or turning bad or staying good, or he's losing his mind or or whatever else in his situation with uh, with his wife, and then with um, t- with uh, with dude like. And then you throw in, you know, this Aleister Black thing. It's like there's always been so much going on with him. It's like it's it's sort of ran its course. That's why I said to you after um, after the last takeover at Brooklyn Ford, like he should probably move on to either 205 or wherever else because like they're past the peak now, and they yeah. passed it because they want. I mean, and they're telling a good story, but they're running the risk of burning out their crowd by telling you know more or less the same version of the story three different times now. Yeah, and so it's like. I, I think you brought up some earlier about him aligning with uh, Champa, which probably is where they should go with it. Because if they don't, he kind of just becomes like he starts going down a card essentially, and he's been a babyface. Like you still got Riddle and Lee about to like start coming in, and it's like you kind of got to turn this guy now. 
so he can fight the rest of the dudes because he fought everyone else. He's been on NXT forever, and this is like kind of the disadvantage of NXT. Like Gargano's story is kind of told at this point, even though he's never been won. The, he never won the been title told. or anything, but it's like. NXT turns Bruh. over so fast. It's like you're kind of a relic. It's like, why are you still here? Exactly. No, another thing about think about like this. I talked to you about this um after he lost to Brooklyn in that Wally Coyote ass way. So, like, there's been four Brooklyns. He's been in three of them. Yeah. It's time. It's time to move on. It's time. Um. And, and you know, and you know, like that's my that's my favorite guy in the company as of right now. Like, um, that's not like a quote unquote legend like Daniel Bryan, AJ, but like that. Like it's time at this point, and I mean, honest and like, I, I honestly don't. I think they they know this because you don't put him in the ring with with, with Dream if you know uh, if like, they like, oh yeah, he's still uh, knowing, yeah, knowing that, oh yeah, he's still gonna be a baby face walking in and walking out. Like, nah, I mean, not not telling that story. Story is that this dude keeps losing his head, keeps he's, he's a fucking loser because he can't control his temper. Yeah. Um... This, they have a chance, so it, it could either be like one of the most interesting things since Sami Zayn's uh, rise to the NXT title, or they could massively screw this up and like they're walking a fine line right now. At this point, he has to turn heel. Like, <clears throat> like maybe, like maybe the explanation is like he wins the title from um, from they do they for, no, for some weird reason he gets another title shot, and this time he actually does win, and then. Alistair comes out and be like, and Alistair and uh, and Regal come out and be like, yeah, it actually was Gargano who did this, and then uh, and that's how you do the turn right there, mm-hmm. and then you go and then you do the three way with Alistair and and dude and and him, and then you go from there where he's actually the top hill, and then you bring in like Dream or whoever else, but like, I, I don't know, man, I don't know how they get themselves out of this. I feel like they put themselves to a bit of a corner. Yeah, listen, um, they. I think NXT has to figure this out before they have to start integrating their next crop of guys, which is like the the yeah. calendar is is working against them at this point. Yeah, and they just think about like once we get done with this May Young Classic, once we get to October, like you got to bring in some of these women. Like Io Shirai's already doing like how already doing like uh, the touring. Yeah. Like eventually, like you can't just hide them off TV. Yeah, but that's gonna wrap up the NXT review. We'll be back talking about episode one of the May Young Classic. Episode one of the May Young Classic came, and if you missed our preview uh, last week, that was pretty entertaining. You can go back and check it out. Uh, but overall, James, what did you think of the first uh, show? I thought the main event was very good because uh, Miko Satomura is awesome. I thought that um, I'm going to take a wait and see approach on on Tegan Knox. Uh, Rhea Ripley, her new look is kind of like. Uh, I don't want to say shocking because she still looks like her. It's just like she kind of went from uh, it was like she went from rocker chick to metal chick. <laughs> like she's falling in with the wrong crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like she's no longer she's no longer on the fun drugs. That's the best, that's the best way. Like if people say like she's on the dangerous shit now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, very easy, easy to follow, straightforward presentation. Um, they did. They, they were, everybody had a story and was instantly likable, whether or not they play heel or, or otherwise, and especially compared to what we give them the main roster. So I thought, I thought, you know, it was, it was, from that point, is you throwing the the the, the consistent, the pretty consistent wrestling. Like nothing was absolutely nothing was terrible for our you know four matches an hour. Like I thought it was a good a good hour, easy watch of uh, of wrestling. 
Um, I, I thought it was a mixed bag. Overall, thumbs up. But um, it, they didn't come in guns blazing. Um, no, they did not. So the first. Do you match, expect them to? I, yeah. <laughs> um, but it seems like they, you know, they they still got to You know, we gotta we'll we'll wait until the first round is complete uh, because the first round, you know, it's a lot of matches, a lot of folks to get through to have to introduce everyone, uh, and and the matches get limited time unless you're the main event. Um, so Tegan Knox went over Zatara. I actually thought Zatara wrestled a really like good match as a heel. Uh, Tegan Knox uh, came back from the ACL deal, and you know they showed the video before the match where Knox was talking about the heartbreak of missing last year's tournament with the ACL injury, and I just got sad immediately because you know it's going to happen again uh, coming up to her. And she uh, won after the Shining Wizard, or excuse me, the Shiniest Wizard, and. She, she was getting pushed uh, by Michael Cole on commentary as, as, uh, as his favorite to win it all. Uh, I don't know, man. What, what did you think of this commentary? Because I, honestly, like, there's, I, I, I see no discernible difference between Beth Phoenix and Renee Young there. Yeah, but that didn't bother me. The problem was, like, Cole just. Bro, Michael even, Cole's even a robot. He's a robot. Like, Cole cannot do any, like, the UK tournament last year, or two years ago, or, you know, last year, I'm sorry, like, people gave him some some credit for saying, like, you know, when he's not, you know, without Vincent, he actually, you know, has some enthusiasm. And he was enthusiastic here, whatever else, but it was just more the same typical shit you hear from him on on Mondays. And it's just like, nah, man, like, we could have brought Morrow out, and it's, especially because Morrow did the, uh, the bracketology. Right, and and like you and you saw like the the like the partnership him and Beth had when they were doing the interviews, and it was actually it's actually good. They've been like, okay, well they have some chemistry here. Like, why don't we just you know do that? Nah, we will bring in Cole to fuck it up forever to fuck up everything. So, um, yeah, I, I wasn't I was not happy with Cole. Um, and I don't just, think we're ever really gonna see what um, Renee Young can actually do, being like the second in command. On, on those, because she's she's essentially pointless if you already have a lead announcer. If you're not going to make her the lead announcer, she's kind of just there. Um, I agree. I very much agree. So it's like, yeah, maybe they're trying to get her ready for Evolution, where she'll be calling the action, but we'll see how that all works out. Um, after that, MJ Jenkins was out, uh, trained by the Dudley Boys uh, against Rhea Ripley. I thought this match was cool. MJ Jenkins had a good fire up. She had plenty of swag uh, coming out to the ring. She was. She called herself Afrolicious, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Did you did you catch Renee calling her sassy? I I, I did not. I caught that. And I was like, oh, come on, Renee. Like, <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. MJ James was eliminated, so we won't have to hear it again. But um, yeah, I thought I thought that um, I thought that the um, that the vertical the vertical delayed suplex I thought that was impressive. Yeah, um, yeah. So Rhea Ripley, uh, she's got the shorter haircut now. She's kind of like like when Triple H turned bad. She's, she's, she's is it, it shorter? Is it just wet now? She got that quote unquote wet look. She's got the wet in in, in short. So essentially, like when Triple A's turn is like the leather, the the wet hair, the short, all that. So um, James's eyes are wide open right now. So something insane must have happened in the football game. Like Aaron Rodgers got 
Aaron Rodgers is like just got took a sack, dove down because he knew a sack was coming, and it landed on his leg, and he immediately grabs his leg. Oh no! Um, <clears throat> yeah. So after that, we had Lacey Lane defeating Vanessa Craven. This was nothing more than pretty much what we said for Vanessa Craven. She's someone uh, they call her the the mountain, and she was here to get climbed um, and <laughs> by, by by Lacey Lane, who was the smallest woman in the tournament, or the second smallest, depending on you know Casey Catanzaro. Like so. Um, Lacey Lane, also Deadly Boys trainer. Um, she's she was the you know former basketball player, and she's from Winter Park. So we've seen oh! Vanessa, we've seen oh. Vanessa Craven a handful of times and Shine. She's she's a legit six one or six two, and you know this was a really rough match. Uh, there were there were botches and there were like a lot of excitement, as they said on commentary. They try to cover it all up. Um, so yeah, man, it it was a it was a Dave versus Goliath match, and Lacey Lane got the win, as she's the dark horse uh, according to Michael Cole. Yeah, yeah, um, I think that yeah, it's really weird when Cole does it. Like, I think I have a favorite name. Like, you already know the results of of what happened in the May Young Classic. And like, wow, okay, like what what a lucky guess, Cole. Um, and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like you know, in the same exact, in the same exact episode, you say you have a dark horse contender. Is like maybe save that for like episode three, guy. You know, yeah. kind of. You know, that's not how. Whatever. Um, what do you think of the editing in that? Like they just let that botch just sit there. What do you think of that? Um, so they let that sit there, but they edited some other stuff in the match. I don't know if you like caught it. Like, it was, like you could tell just when they flash edit some shit. Um. I think they did it because of Michael Cole's commentary. They couldn't, like, cut it out because he said it. So it was something they couldn't run from. Yeah, I guess. I'd have cut it and have him go do a voiceover. Do that shit again. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, they, they, look, they both yeah, look I, like fodder for uh, whoever they're going to be facing in the next round. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think. Like, MJ Jenkins was better I, than both of them. Yeah, much better, much better. I think, but I do think that uh, Lacey uh, is one of those things where, like, if she had actually land the, the you know the double springboard deal or whatever else, like, then the match is completely different. But like, I don't know what else they cut out of that thing or whatever else. But like, if she actually starts landing these things later in the show, then like these could, these matches could be a lot better than that. It could be. A, I'm sure she had a lot better match if she doesn't botch. But that's like, oh, well, duh, motherfucker, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. But yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see her again because I'm pretty. It would be hard to imagine that her second, her like she botches it a second time around. I guess is what I'm saying. Main event: um, Mako Satamora versus Killer Kelly. Uh, Mako got Killer Kelly out of here early. Killer Kelly's from the NXT UK division. Uh, before this, and uh, you know, Mako Satamora did her video package where you know they had the translation, which was excellent. Uh, because yes. I felt like I got to really know what she was saying and what she was about instead of forcing her to speak a language that she can't, Vince. Um, <laughs> and like, she help said your she, talent or hurt go- your talent. Yeah, what's up? It's like, yeah, like either you're going to help your talent or you're going to hurt your talent. You decide. Yeah. 
So uh, Mega was saying she's going to put all her spirit into it. And they showed her back in WCW Nitro when she was 16 years old. And she talked about how she was a rookie then. And she always dreamed to come back to America as a top wrestler. Well, dream accomplished. Um, <laughs> so, so she she kicked the hell out of uh, Killer Kelly. Uh, and by I kicked the hell out of, that's an understatement. Um, is, is it too yeah, late man. to begin standing, um, Mega Sotomore? Ain't too late because it ain't too late because I'm already I'm already I'm already all aboard. All I saw was all I need to see was have that match. Like yo, she is she is great. <laughs> She's so good. Like you can tell about this how like how aggressive and how and how like clean and how precise like her striking was and like how quickly and, and confidently like she was able to transition into into hooks at a different point. Like she was she's just like you can tell like she is. You know, she's on one of those level. like, yeah, she's clearly on one of those levels. Is like she has such such a crispness that like other Ameri- that like American women just don't have that any of them that I've ever seen. It's like she's a so, ringer for like, this shit. Like, like, yeah. she, like she shouldn't even be in this tournament. She should be on like the main roster as a champion. But you know how this yeah. company fighting is dudes, down. fighting yeah. dudes. Yeah. Uh, so she like she, she like she should have been in the G one. That's how good she looked <laughs> you know, in the B block. That's how crisp and how awesome she looked. Re- replace Toro Yano. Yes, get yeah. the fuck out of here, Shooter Yano, my ass. How about Shooter Miko? She's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, like, she, so she got Killer Kelly out of there with the Pele kick and the Death Valley driver, which I haven't. Uh, and, yeah. and you know, it looked really good. Yeah. So like. Um, where do I do I have to do you want to join me in my petition or my in my campaign to now over to have uh, Miko Satamora now be dubbed as a general of, of uh, Captain Kick I mean, I'm sorry of Team Kick as general of, of uh, Team Kick because like that shit that Team Kick shit really wasn't hitting on nothing when it was Dakota as the captain <laughs> but, but that's five but is Miko being a five star general I see great things I might get me a Team Kick shirt hey, hey nothing wrong with that um, you got my vote uh yeah uh so it'll be interesting to see uh what's on deck uh next week it, did you happen to catch any of the matchups that were advertised james no i did not unfortunately i i mean i i pretty much after the after the uh after uh miko's hands raised in victory i was like yep that's enough turn it off yeah because uh, i end up i end up watching this late uh there's some things that are going on um so i end up catching nxt at like 10 um 10 on that Wednesday and end up having to watch those two hours or something like that, or maybe 11. So yeah. uh, But yeah, it was, it was a very, it was probably, but I will say this though, like given the presentation and how straightforward things were and like how, um, like the storylines and how, and now, you know, you kind of, these people are actually humans more, more human than on the main roster. Like this was, this was my favorite, or one of my favorite uh, like weeknights of WWE television in any in any form in like I don't know how long it's been it has had to been like a long it's had been a long time like maybe like I don't know like maybe like the Fourth of July uh, SmackDown Live they had the New Day Battle Royal and John Cena coming back last year maybe it's, it was it's been a while. Yeah, so <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it up. I can't find a list of what's going next week, but y'all can look it up. So uh, we will be back to talk about Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement. Are we here for it? 
Oh, next thing we got to talk about, Shawn Michaels. And the buzz is getting louder that Shawn Michaels is set to come out of retirement. Potentially the working idea right now is a tag match in Saudi Arabia. I don't know about you, Jans, but I don't want to see him in a tag team match. I want the full Shawn Michaels experience. I'm not trying to see Shawn Michaels stand on the apron and have to match. I'm not trying to see uh, Shawn Michaels, you know firing up the crowd on the outside of the ring uh, while Triple H is in there getting getting worked over, essentially. If, you know, this Shawn Michaels thing is going to happen, I'm here for it. And I know he's been retired for all this time, but there's only uh, so many things that make me happy with WWE. <laughs> And, oh and Shawn Michaels coming back would be one of them. And, you know, it kind of flies in the face of, you know, A, all the part-timers are coming around. But Shawn yes, Michaels, Michaels kind of is, is the guy that I feel like is cool to make an exception for. Because if you ain't here for Shawn Michaels, I don't really know what to say about you. I feel like I can't trust you. Um, and are you here for uh, this Shawn Michaels thing? I, I don't care. One way or the other, I don't care. Like... Sean, Sean is at worst if, my if, second favorite. Like, if he stays, I'm fine with that too. But if he shows up, oh, I'm going to be ready. Like, if like Sean is at worst my second favorite wrestler of all time. So, like, if he decides wrestling, I don't care. But, um, I mean, I don't want, I don't know if this even though I should even get my hopes up for because it might be at, the, at a Saudi show and the Saudi show might even get aired, might even get aired to us. Yeah. So, we might, it might be some out of sight of the mind shit, some shit, you know, like we don't even see it. So what, is, what, is, what difference does it make to us if he's wrestling uh, for wrestling for a big bag out there anyway? Um, but <clears throat> I mean, my, my main thing when it comes to the part timers, honestly, is are you going to have a good show and a good program? Um, so, uh, for example, I don't really mind Triple H coming back and doing the stuff or Jericho, for example, because. They tend to have good promos with good or good programs with good TV segments or whatever. Generally speaking, right? Um, I might not like the direction, like how you know, for example, Triple H completely dominated Seth Rollins in the build up to their match at WrestleMania 33. But ultimately, like the stuff was still the stuff was still of quality, um, and their match was good. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's great like a lot of other people do. What's up, Chad? But. Um, <laughs> I thought it was just really. I thought it was good, but I, I mean, if you're still going to make do good stuff, then I don't care. You know how old you are, how young you are. Um, but the thing is, like, when it's some situation where it's like Undertaker is like, all right, it's getting long in a tooth, or yeah, it's like Brock Lesnar, where Brock goes out there and just like, I'm just going to go out here and squash this guy or whatever else, and and, and like we're going to keep doing the same formulaic thing that we've done for for two years, two, three, four, five, six, seven years uh, with with Brock before. Um, with Heyman is like okay, I'm kind of over that. Sean feels um, different than than all those. Yeah. It's not Undertaker yeah. who can't move. It's not Brock Lesnar yeah. who doesn't care. It's gonna be Shawn Michaels, right. the showstopper, the main event. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So like for me, it's like if you're gonna give me something good, then fine. But if you're gonna give me something that's not gonna be good, then not. Nah, you can have that. You can keep that shit where you got it. Right. So that's that's kind of where I am. Like I'm, I'm basically just like I'm playing the results guy. Like I'm not. I don't care about the process. I care about the result. Like if you go and if your process results, if your process comes up with like result being like uh, some mediocre Shawn Michaels match or some mediocre feud or whatever else, then no, I don't. I'd rather not see that. But you know, it doesn't matter what I care what I what I think because they're gonna give me what I'm or they're gonna give me what they're gonna give me whatever they want to give me, right? Yeah. So yeah. 
So um, the o- only thing I implore Shawn Michaels to go get the money. If it's a case of they want you to co- go out to Saudi Arabia and they want to hand you $7 million to do it, please take it, Shawn. Like, okay, <laughs> take Albert, this okay, man's Albert. money. Yes, take his fucking money. All of it. You deserve oh, it. Man. Like, like, like you helped build this fucker. Like, so um, in other news, Daniel Bryan is officially re-signed with WWE. And I, I don't know, man, I couldn't be sadder about it. Um, oh, my God. It, it's not a point. It's just like I'm just disappointed more than like sad, actually. And it's like, I, you know, just as a fan, like I don't care about like what, you know, Daniel Bryan has to do for, you know, his family and all that. Like that's that's good for him. But for, as far as from a fan perspective and knowing what he could have meant outside uh, the world um, of WWE and not really being thrilled about how he's been used uh, since he's he's come back, it feels really different. And I know outside he would have been able to recapture that energy and pretty much go around the world, as we mentioned before on this show, the Daniel Bryan barnstorming tour of the of the world. Could have showed up in CMLL, could have yeah. showed up in New Japan, could have showed up in Ring Honor, could have been on the MSG show, could have just been everywhere. And I don't know. And supposedly there was a thing where um, his contract was frozen and he wouldn't have been free at this time anyway. Because, you know, the deal with the injury that, you know, his, they w- it would have not allowed him to get free until next summer. So maybe it's a situation where he was just like, fuck it. They're building a video <clears throat> game around me. My wife works here. I don't feel like going on the hustle, you know, town to town or, you know, however. And, and doing this whole thing. I've been there. I've done it. And, you know, I'll keep getting this big money, essentially. I just hope that, you know... He sets the terms. He got everything he wanted, and I hope he got the bag as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of weird on like uh, when I heard about that detail about they, there, there's a disagreement on on when his contract was actually due, and it's like, what is there a disagreement about? Like you clearly froze his contract at a certain date, and then you unfroze it after a certain amount of time after that, and that time was that time was when you made that man the GM of SmackDown Live. That was your own doing. Yeah. I, so like I mean obviously that would have been something that we had to take the court and that would have took a year anyway so I get, I get the whole thing is like why would I even do this when it's going to take me a year to get out of shit anyway I might as well re-up but re- regardless of that like I, I'm okay with him staying I, I mean obviously whatever he does what he wants to do like you know um, but and like I don't I, I would if you'd asked me like James what would you prefer him to do like might have been like I would have preferred that he stayed and they actually like you know Used to use him to the best of their ability, but like he stayed and they'd have and outside of like maybe like what what would you say like a handful of nights like that's the that's they've only done that a handful of nights where they actually used him to the best of his ability where it was you know his first night back um and and all and the Kevin Owens Sami Zayn angle um like the match with Rusev a couple of nights with or a couple of nights with uh, Andrade AJ match like that's pretty much and, and also the Miz match and that's and that's pretty much it. Yeah, it, it it feels like they're just like buying their time, spinning their tires, and the addition of Brie Bella and Maurice for me is like killed everything about this feud. Like the the enthusiasm I have for it is just like out the window. I'm just, I don't care like about you, Brie Bella and Maurice at all. You know, you know what I really like. I mean, this is like this is a dumb motherfucker uh, type of moment, but. Is it me or does it feel like more and more every single year they give they give more and more they they more and more creatively like give into the fact that like this is this entire business is secular as far as their viewership 
And like they don't, it's almost like, okay, it's football season. We don't, we don't try. And like, granted, we've been saying this since like 2012, right? Yeah. About like, in terms of football season, they just don't not, like they might give you one high angle, they don't right? fuck it all up, and then get and then just like hold on for dear life until the beginning of the next year. But like it seems like more and more every single year is like it's a it's that as far as what they want to do storytelling wise, not necessarily like the cars, but storytelling wise, they like they just get less and less of a um of an emphasis on like trying to tell a creative story or a compelling story. It's just it's weird. I don't know why, but like it just feels that way. And that with the Daniel Bryan thing is like, okay, so like if you're gonna if your plan is we're gonna have something bigger for you at WrestleMania, then do basically jack shit with you and then the time for someone saying we give you, you know, the Miz, it's like, all right, well then like what happens at Survivor Series? What happens at Royal Rumble? What happens at WrestleMania? Like, is it gonna be a situation where like he's gonna be mismanaged like all the time in his whole like or most, you know, pretty much mismanaged like during these B pay-per-views and then when it's time for A pay-per-view, like they dust him off and try to make him a star again because they like they decide to pull their hair from out their asses during that time of the year. Like, it's weird. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's like he's been built around on SmackDown almost above the championship, but it's not even really it, – it's not a position where he can shine, essentially. So it's just like he's he's kind of up there. It's like AJ's the champion, then there's whatever Daniel Bryan's doing. You know, pick your pick yeah. your week on whatever, you know, is, is yeah. above. But it's been Daniel Bryan most of the time. It's just it hasn't quite clicked for whatever reason. But um, at least got the bag. At least he knows where his, you know, his future is, is uh, you know, uh, is. But I'm just disappointed I didn't yeah. get to see him wrestle all over the globe. I would have loved to see him, like I mentioned, in CMLL or in New Japan. Uh, I could have definitely yeah. went for that Bryan and Omega match, the Bryan and Okada match. Tanahashi, everything. <laughs> yeah, and also another thing to notice is like since SummerSlam, right? So like we have now since SummerSlam, we now have three very good to great like Brian matches in a, like in a what four week span or whatever else you want to call it. So like it ain't exactly like I don't want to make it out to be like I'm just you know like it's been all bad with Daniel Bryan because he's on a roll right now. But I don't like I don't know like I don't know if it, it just feels like they're picking their spots with him as opposed to like actually going all the way with him. And I don't know if like, this is, is this, if this is by design or not, because like it, none of the stuff that ever works out in WWE ever feels like it's ever by design anymore. Like case in point, Becky Lynch. Right. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like maybe, I don't know. I, I, I just feel weird about him. Like he's clearly not the star that he once was and, but they're still trying with him, but like, it doesn't feel like they're trying their best. It's really weird right now. It's really weird. For, at least that's how I feel. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Mickey James and Lita was announced for Evolution, and James Evolution further decides to go up and, and smoke, uh, flames, fire. I don't know. Apparently, Mickey James is the one that retired Lita um, when she was a competitor before, and this is what they're doing to get Lita on the show, putting her with somebody she knows, someone that is a trusted wrestler. I don't know, man. This ain't it. Man, like, okay, so Mickey like Mickey I don't know, man. Like they have yo-yoed her so much in like the year or almost two years that she's been back that is almost kind of like this is a like whatever this is with her and uh Lita, like this is clearly gonna be like what 
a mid card. This is clearly gonna be a, considered a mid card match, right? Shit, who knows? Like you can see, like you don't like. I don't think this it's is no bigger player. than number three. That's my point. Like this is not a top of the card uh, feud. Like this is clearly like a mid card, uh, you know, middle of the middle of the card type of deal. Like this is gonna be something like in the first ninety minutes of the show. Um, I mean, we'll see what they do. I don't know. Like, I'm sure they could do the whole, you know, I retired you thing or whatever. But like, I'm back. I don't know. Like, I'm not really, I'm not that enthused for the match because like I saw Lita at Royal Rumble and she she can't washed. move, y'all. She cannot move. Yeah, she washed. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I think it sucks. But um, evolution is evolution at this point. It is definitely a mystery. <laughs> um, yeah, so, she is. So what women's are, WrestleMania. Yeah, women's WrestleMania. That's not a good thing. Uh, what are they doing with Kevin Owens, James? They yeah. let, let's completely like last week we went on this passionate diatribe on whatever they could do with Kevin Owens and they could bring him back as a baby face and he had all this potential as an everyman. What does he do? He shows back up as a geek amongst fifteen other motherfuckers aligned with Braun Strowman in the alliance to end the shield. Like I Well that was that was the second time we saw him. The first correct. time when he showed up. He showed up just jumping on Bobby up. Lashley. Yeah. Yeah. What are they doing, bro? Because this is just like this screams that they have no idea what they're doing with this guy, and this guy's career is just so. Yeah, so remember how I just said so a, a, a couple minutes ago about how it doesn't. It feels like they really don't necessarily know what they're doing. Like, like you have a hard time knowing like what is on purpose and what's by design when it comes to WWE um, in their main sto- in their main roster storylines. Like this is part of it. Like. Like this, Kevin Owens things where he says, "I'm go, I'm, I, I quit. Like I, I busted my ass. Like shit, shit's been all bad for a long time now. But I'm gonna get back on track. I'm going back to the, more or less like saying he's gonna go back to the prize fighter game and have that great match. Loses, crowd cheers him. He says, "I quit." And he shows the very next week, and just like never mind that. Like it just been almost like the the men in black my wife thing. Like this shouldn't even happen. Just zap you. Um, it, it's really weird really weird I, it's it's almost it I, I have really no I really can't really say anything but about it's like about how bad it is because it's like who knows what happens next or this coming Monday but hopefully they I hopefully they have some have an explain his actions for why he's back here and, and like why he's helping out Braun Strowman like they gotta be some explanation like even if it's so much as he got a call from Stephanie and he and they gave him a raise or something like give me something please something. to explain this something oh man um, it's, it's just infuriating on every single level. That's all I can say. And, and who knows what, what they're doing. This this Kevin Owens versus Bobby Lashley, it's not hot. It's death, kind of. Because sticking anybody with and I like Bobby Lashley, but it seems like everything they've stuck him with has been death thus far. Yes. Um, yes. He's starting to look. He's starting to look a real common denominator amongst it too. Like that, my man shit got that. My man shit is like homeboy too. It's yeah. like that. This is like enough of this. It's yeah. got to go. Um, so WWE dropped a graphic uh, similar to their one where they named the Shield the greatest faction of all time. LOL. Um, this one's a little bit more rooted in reality. It feels like uh, the Undertaker's five greatest rivals. So uh, James, um, they, they let's go five to one here. So number five. Brock Lesnar. Um, I don't know about you, but it kind of like you kind of got to beat the dude 
to for it to become a rivalry. But I guess you know they they put it on there because he's, he he broke the streak and that's forever linked. And but Brock Lesnar, let's keep it a buck. Brock Lesnar owned the Undertaker the their entire time. Uh, anytime he ever really fought him. Yep. Uh, the only time he ever beat him was because he had, I mean, like Undertaker actually tapped out. Yeah. Um, number four, Mankind, and I don't know how this is like only number four, but because it, because because of Triple H having three WrestleMania matches, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and Mankind and Undertaker never fought at WrestleMania, but this was for me. This was like the most important feud that the Undertaker had because it took him out of those goofy uh, man versus big, like him fighting Vader or excuse me, like Yokozuna and Mabel and uh, yes. Kama and, and whatever yeah, cartoon he first, Bundy and Giant Gonzalez. Yeah, this took him a, out of that. Was, this was his first, that was his first robbery where, or feud or whatever, where like it, he wasn't basically Godzilla and a bunch of big kaiju battles, like fighting, like fighting, like, uh, Mothra or whoever else, like it was actually time for him to do something besides that. Where it was like a traction match of monsters battling each other. It was actually like wrestler versus wrestler, for lack of a better, you know, for lack of a better term. Like these are actually characters going against each other, and it was like it was cool. And like granted, like mankind was a monster, but it was more of a psychological monster. But but it was more of a yeah, it was more of a uh, Hannibal Lecter type thing than actually like a real live like monster like the predator or something like that or frankenstein or whatever yeah. or the mummy so um i'm i'm surprised i will say with you i'm surprised it is four yeah um uh, number three was kane uh that first lead up to their first match of wrestlemania 14 i'll ride for that storyline any day of the week even though it's absolutely yeah. goofy uh in retrospect yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, you can't take it away. The the matches weren't anything like you know legendary or anything, but it really wasn't about that. But the the storytelling was so good. It was like th- this other guy that's like the Undertaker, but even better. Like the way it was presented uh, mm-hmm. back then. And eventually, you know, they go all throughout their careers. But for that, I, I think the really the the magic of the of the Kane Undertaker thing was the from him when he ripped off the cell door and then leading up to WrestleMania fourteen. Yep, absolutely. Like that whole, like there were so much good things from 1997 through 98, like so much. Yep. Um, like at least in their main event views, like some, you know, I ain't talking, no, I can't even speak to the rest of the Attitude Era bullshit. Gang, but like gang warfare, you know, Los Bariquas, <laughs> the DOA, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Salvador Sincere, you know. Oh, God. Um, number two, Shawn Michaels. And number one, Triple H. Now, how do you... All right, now we we did the stat last week. He faced Shawn Michaels five times on pay-per-view. He faced Triple H eight. He's facing Triple H again. I don't know, man. Undertaker and Triple H always seem like the other feud in comparison to Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. And... Like is for me, it's wrong because. And also, the basis when have we put of, Triple H above Shawn Michaels in anything? <laughs> well, well yeah, that's kind of like my point. I was getting at like the basis for, you know, like the part of this feud that made uh, that got Triple H and versus Undertaker to this level is based off the fact that Undertaker retired Shawn. Right. So, like, that's the genesis. Of the whole thing is like. I'm going to get vengeance for my friend 
and I'm also going to prove, and also for my own ego, I'm going to prove that once for all that I am better than Sean. Like, so you still have to look towards the Sean thing as like that's number one, and also like you know, they all they've all had great matches, but like, like, I, I it's hard for me, it's really hard for me to 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 think of. This Undertaker thing better being better than Sean. It, it isn't, but like even from WWE's perspective, I don't I don't see what yeah. what what would make them even do this other than this other than the fact that they know they have a show coming up. I, I think that's it. And I'll show you trying to sell the match. Yep. Um, okay. And this is you know it's a propaganda thing, but um, everybody y'all know what it is uh, that listen to this show, and you know it's not often we really get to like go down memory hmm. lane because we're covering so much in the moment. Uh, but if you look at everything, well, quick question. Yeah. Is if there's any is if there's any Undertaker like robbery that you would want to put in front of any of the other five that was named? Um, maybe you, you can make an argument for the Undertaker and Randy Orton. Maybe. Um, because I was thinking like I was Undertaker, thinking like Batista Edge, be, Edge. I was thinking under, I was thinking Edge Batista or Randy Orton should be probably above uh, the Brock thing. Yeah, because some of the Brock matches sucked. Like most of them suck. Like, or excuse me, that you can draw a line uh, and, and put like the two good ones, like both Hell in a Cell matches. You can put those over there, and you can also put the SummerSlam match over there. Everything else you right. can throw away. I feel like throw the street match yeah. away, throw the biker chain match away. Um, the yeah. WrestleMania 30 match where they broke the streak. Yeah, yeah. Um, they went out there and concussed the, and went out there and concussed that man <laughs> like the first five minutes of the match. Yeah. Yeah, about that. They, um, I know him and Angle had a had a short term feud. It, it didn't really get to that level though. Um, but yeah, that one I, match I saw them have was awesome. I'm thinking maybe Batista because I liked everything they did. I can see that. Um, you know, I, but I, I do like given like the Hell in the Cell that night or given the Hell in the Cell match and that WrestleMania uh, match. Like I could definitely, I would, I could definitely see an Edge because like those two matches were awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, we, we will be back to talk about the mixed match challenge. We're gonna run through those teams and and uh, pick who we think is gonna win. <laughs> Last thing we gotta cover this week is the announcement of the mixed match challenge season two. So if you guys are familiar uh, or unfamiliar, they did this earlier in the year, uh, leading up to WrestleMania from January. I actually covered it on my YouTube channel every single week, um, and it. You know, there was mixed results. There were some good matches, some fun moments, but I feel like we have been so beat down with mixed tag team matches this year. I'm just so tired of it. Not only are they running the Evolution pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell, and the Australia show, but they have this too. It's way too much. And the Mae Young Classic. This is And 205 Live in NXT. Awful timing for this. And... I, the only reason we're getting this is because Facebook is dropping off the bag. I believe last time they made in excess of $1 million for just these episodes that they do. Um, and it is under almost no additional cost. So it's nope. like, it's like, yeah, we'll take a check. And, and but yeah. they're, they're changing the format a little bit this time around. So instead of just a straight tournament, it's going to be like a round Robin G one style essentially. And there's, they're broken off into the raw teams and SmackDown teams. So returning from last season is Team Little Big, uh, Braun Strowman, and Alexa Bliss. Now, 
this team is, you know, they were one of the favorites last time of the crowd. Everyone thought they would win. They had, like, the chemistry going on where it looks like they were flirting and landing on top of each other in all types of provocative ways. Um, it was it was a moment in time that I don't feel like is easily, easily duplicatable now. Yeah, man, I don't... Um, whatever. Like they, they, they were both, they're both over. Um, the crowd liked the, like them and they liked the teasing of, you know, them being above each other. I th- if I remember correctly, this at a time when, was that at a time when Braun was still a heel or was he a face at a point? He was a face at that point. Okay. So maybe it was like, I mean, you know, honestly, I think that's probably the reason why I thought like there might be some run for Alexa as a, as a baby face and it could probably be big because like the crowd really likes her. They want to like her. But you know they have her be a, be a jackass so much that like obviously they can't do that. Um, <laughs> the whole entire crowd anyway. So uh, I mean, I'm not really interested to see their matches. But like I think if they were actually like a pairing on the main roster, I, I, I think that would be uh, a lot more fun and, and useful and creative for for both of them at times. So we've got also Bobby Lashley and Sasha Banks who are paired together for uh, no other reason than I can assume other than that they're black. Um, <laughs> the, you know, last time Sasha was with uh, Finn Balor. This time that went to Bailey, so I think Sasha might be upset about that because we were this close to getting – and they dropped merch for all these people uh, and all these teams. So we were this close to, like, the Boss Club shirt. Instead, we got Bobby and the Boss, so I don't, you know – Maybe some of uh, Sasha Banks's like style and grace and swagger can rub off on Bobby Lashley by osmosis. Yeah, best of luck with that one. Yeah, um, Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox are, are a team. Um, they, what do those two have in common? No idea. So I think Jinder Mahal is going to be trying to get Alicia Fox to settle down and, and breathe and do the Shanti, uh, if I'm not mistaken. You know so. What? That could work, and then every and then like she tries and she keeps failing over and over and over, and she snaps. Like that could that could actually be like that could be funny. Yeah, yeah, that and, could work. And then we got Kevin Owens and Natalia, Team Canada. So uh, those much. are those are our raw teams. And then SmackDown, we've got the returning champions of season one, the Miz and Oscar. Oscar, I don't know how this is gonna go down with Maurice because Maurice wasn't around last time they was doing this because she uh was with with the child, and uh, now that uh, Maurice is back around, hopefully she don't ruin this thing. And you now know now on this time they'll beat Oscar, so it, it ain't no guarantees uh, this time. Yeah, I, what I will say is this: like I don't think that uh, even in storyline that Maurice try to sabotage Oscar because Oscar can you know give her that work. Um. But I will, but yeah, like they're definitely not winning this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that boat is passed. Like the like the un like the uh, abominable Oscar. Like th- those days are over. Yeah. She's out here losing to Carmella. Yeah, um, Jimmy Uso and Naomi, who were the the hit, uh, not a surprise hit. Everybody knows Jimmy Uso and Naomi are like you know that dude and that lady essentially, especially yeah. together. Um, uh, Rusev and Lana are back. Uh, R-Truth and Carmella are here, so paying off all the shenanigans there, and I imagine we're going to get more shenanigans here as they've turned Carmella babyface without ever really turning her. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So we'll see how that works. And last, WWE Champion AJ Styles with the SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair. Boy, boy. James, 
I, they're playing right into to the uh, into the rumors, in, into the internet gossip, into to to the uh, the muck, the riffraff uh, with AJ and Charlotte. So they put out a video of them with the vests on. I didn't want to see none of that. I want to see AJ Styles in the robe that he was wearing in TNA uh, to come out there uh, with Charlotte to to reenact it. And I need Rick to manage him. I mean, yeah, that's cool. I, I like I like how you are. I like how you say how the, the the rumors and speculation and gossip amongst the internet. Meanwhile, you are part of that part of that rumors <laughs> and speculation. And you, well, you you really you really ain't shit. Like you like you really you just ter- terrible human being, which a lot of you Bruh, are terrible. I, I feel like I could do like a Twitter moment, right? With all the the times we done caught them flicking up together. Like and be like, oh and, and on this time and this day, and, and we can we can put it together and see what's really going on in these streets out here with uh, AJ Styles and, and Charlotte. Wendy Styles better be watching out for that for Charlotte. That's the real threat, not Samoa Joe. Oh my god! But yeah, that's those are your teams for the mixed match challenge season two. Uh, any predictions, James? Uh, yeah, Oscar won't. Oscar and um and Miz won't win. That's my prediction. Damn. I think I'll take AJ and Charlotte uh, to win because AJ Styles been beating everybody like hell, and you know Charlotte's you know Charlotte at this point. So Charlotte, <laughs> Charlotte, oh my god! You know, uh, hopefully we get a Sasha Banks and Charlotte interaction. The last time we were going to get that was in the mixed match challenge last year, but one of them came down with an injury. Uh, that forced him to miss the match and I believe it was Charlotte that came down with the injury so Becky stepped in for her and then she got to face off with Sasha so anytime I can get Sasha Banks and Charlotte back together I want it I need it I must have it because everything else has just been dire since the end of 2016 in the women's division (laughs) yeah pretty much like we got we got like a handful of matches yeah. Maybe even, yeah, they got like a handful of matches. That's about it. Yeah, man, but that's going to wrap up the show this week. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of One Nation Radio. Make sure you guys keep supporting us over on the Lords of Pain Radio Network um, where we're doing our Raw and SmackDown reviews. That show is doing really well, so thank you guys that have crossed over and listened. Um, make sure you check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, The Outsider's Edge with Ransom Carl, Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, Keeping It Strong Style with Jeremy and Josh, and Grown Men Watch This Shit uh, with Jeremy and Chris. So, um... You know, besides that, that's gonna take us, you know, up out of here. James, you got anything to add before we get up out of here? Um, not really, man. Just uh, uh just a lot of a lot of product out there, a whole lot of product, and um, hopefully, 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 like it's it's better so that um, <clears throat> it's more, it's, it's a lot more palatable. Hey, and all spells, we do have Kenny Omega versus Tomohiro Ishii uh, later this week, so it's gonna be lit, and we will be covering that. So make sure you guys tune in for that. Uh, we are up out of here. Peace. Later.